0: mercies. God we thank you for new mercies every morning. God we thank you for saving us because we know we could not save ourselves and God we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of our sins. And God we acknowledge today without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. So God we're grateful and we're thankful on this morning. And Father right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you God that your spirit is moving. Your spirit is hovering over this place. God ready to release the power of God that comes through your word in Jesus name. So we thank you for the word today. We thank you for the engrafted word and we receive that word with meekness this morning because it's a Able to save our souls. Yes. Our hearts are open and receptive to receive that right now Rhema word on this morning. Yes. And Father, we thank you for our helper and teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. Yes. And for that, God, I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Come on, let's open up the word of God and see what the Lord has to say unto us. Go with me unto St. Luke. Let's see what Luke is saying today. St. Luke chapter 18, and I will be reading verse 27. St. Luke chapter 18, verse 27. I believe God has a word for his people on this morning hallelujah the word of God reads and he said the things which are impossible with men are possible with God let me read it again the things which are impossible with men are possible with God now when we look at that word impossible it means it's not able to be done But when we look at the word possible, it means that it can be done. It's done. So we give God glory for this word this morning. You may be seated. God said he'll take the impossible and he will make it possible. So that's what we're going to look at in the word of God. God taking the impossible and he's making it possible. Amen. And I can say that God has already done it. He's already took the impossible and he's already made it possible. How do I know? When we go back through creation and we look at creation, we know that the earth was void. It was out without form. There was nothing there. But God took something that was impossible and he made it possible. That was something that man could not do. But so this is what God is saying today. He said, you need to quit looking at man to do something they cannot do. God is the only one that can take the impossible and make it possible. So we have to put our trust and dependency on God. How did Luke come about this? Why was Luke speaking of this? Because there was a rich man and this rich man asked Jesus, what could he do to get to heaven? And Jesus told him, you know, by obeying all the commands, he said, well, I have done this from my youth. But Jesus said, there's one thing that you lack sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. I'm paraphrasing it. This man didn't want to give that because he was a very rich man. How many know this morning that your money will keep you from the kingdom? When we depend on money, it will keep us from the kingdom of heaven, from everything that God has already provided for us through Jesus Christ. So Jesus was letting them know, he said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now he was using this to let them know that people that are rich, they're not going to give up their riches for the kingdom. But then this is why he went on to say, after they say, well, who can enter into heaven? He said, what's impossible with man is possible with God. What he was saying was, man can't save themselves. This rich man, yes, he can't get to heaven by himself. But through me, through accepting me, through accepting what I have done, it is possible. He can. So this is what God is saying. The first thing that we have to look at is we can't save ourselves. There's nothing nobody can do in this room to deliver you to save you, or to heal you. All of this have been done through Jesus Christ. We need to stop looking at ourselves, trying to figure out how I can do this or how I can do that to get something to work in our lives. The Bible tells us the things that are impossible with men, they are possible with God. The only way it's going to work, y'all, is through him. So that's even dealing with salvation. He couldn't find not one man that was on the face of the earth to deliver us, to save us from sin. Because the wages of sin is death. This is what the Bible says. That's the penalty that had to be paid for sin was death. He said, but the gift of God is eternal life, a life that never ends, our everlasting life. And he said, that life comes only through my son. So God couldn't find a man that could do this. So God come off his throne. This is just how much God love us, y'all. He come out of heaven. He came down here to earth, and he laid down his life for us because he knew it was impossible for man to do what I need to have done. He said, but it was possible with God. So God is a possible God. So he takes the impossible, and he make it possible. So I want to start here with the virgin birth. And I want to say this, there will never ever be another virgin birth. So if people are trying to say, and I'm going to tell you where this is coming from, because now we have people in the world saying that when two women come together, they can get pregnant, or two men come together, they can get pregnant. That's not the way God created things to be. And they're trying to turn it around where they'll take a woman that transition into a man, and she pop up pregnant, and they say it's possible the devil is alive. So anyway, everything that God does, no man can change it. Nobody can change what God does. Everything he does is just the way it's going to be. It cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. So when it came to the virgin birth, everybody know about this in Luke, the first chapter. First of all, when he came to Mary, the angel came to Mary and the angel was delivering a message from God. And that angel was saying, Hail Mary, thou art blessed and highly favored among women can you imagine an angel coming to you from the Lord and saying "Hail, thou art blessed and highly favored among women and this is the reason why she was blessed because out of all of these women there were many virgins out there but Mary was chosen out of all of these virgins to carry God's son isn't that an honor Isn't that awesome? And today I want you to know that all of us in this room are blessed because we're a chosen generation. God chose us even in our worst state. That's just how much he loved us. So we were blessed already even before the foundations of the world. He chose us. He adopted us as his own. We were accepted in the beloved even when we weren't acceptable. So why are you letting people tell you that you're worthless, that you're not acceptable? You need to let them know... Even when I was in my worst state, God accepted me. God loved me. God didn't look at what I did, how I did it, when I did it, or who I did it to. He already accepted me through his son, Jesus Christ. So Mary was highly favored. She was blessed. And the angel of the Lord began to tell Mary, That she was going to conceive in her womb. And he began to tell her the plan and the purpose for Jesus. But then at that moment, Mary said, how can this be? See, a virgin, a virgin have to be with a man to conceive a child. And she said, how can this be? I haven't been with a man. So this is how it is with a virgin. A virgin is someone that never had sex with no male. That means that she is pure. And she wanted to know how can this be? See, God was taking something impossible and he was making it possible. And this is how God works. I want people to quit saying God done something with man's hands in it. This is what we do. Well, God was in that. Anything God do, he going to get all the glory. Amen. It's going to be impossible for man to do it, and they are going to know the only one that did it was God because I had nothing to do with it. You got too many people trying to take glory from God when God wasn't involved in that. So you got to understand, God take the impossible. What cannot be done? This was a virgin birth, and this is the thing, y'all, Mary knew. I haven't been with a man and you're telling me I'm going to have a child and I haven't been with a man. See her and Joseph, they were betrothed. That means that back way back then they were considered as being married, but they had to come together in order for that marriage to be a marriage. So she knows she hadn't been with Joseph, but Mary, she was honoring the word of God. Now I'm going to take you somewhere else. Before Mary, there was Elizabeth and there was Zacharias. Zacharias was a priest, and he would go stand in the temple on the behalf of himself and the people. That same angel came to Zacharias and let him know that he was going to have a son, him and Elizabeth, and he said, I'm an old man. My wife is old. How are we going to have a son? See, his was different from Mary's, but see, God take the impossible And God make it possible outside of man. This is how God works. He wait until it can't be done. That's how my God works. He wait until man say it can't happen. That's when God step in. It's a a kicker here. See, y'all waiting on man to do something that man don't have power to do, not let God give it to him. See, all of us in this room is waiting no man to tell us something. Are we not? We wait no man to tell us something and we grab hold to what man is saying to us. But God said, I wait until it's not possible. And I make it possible so man can't say, I made this happen. So you see Zacharias, you see Elizabeth. Come on, you see Abraham and Sarah. God waited until this man was a hundred years old and Sarah was in her nineties. And that's when God moved because he was saying, it's going to be past childbearing age. And that's how they're going to know that it's a miracle from God. It was nothing that you done. It was what I have allowed to be done through you. See, this is where we mess up. Then God began to show me this y'all. And as God was showing me this, I'm just going through how all these miracles happen. See, we're trying to get something to happen with our own ability, but it's not your ability that gets the work done. This is why when we try to make ourselves righteous, we will never be right in the sight of God. The only thing we can do is accept the righteousness that come through Jesus Christ because he's sinless. He's perfect. We can accept the holiness that come through him because we cannot make our own self holy. So then God began to show me this. We're familiar with this. This is Moses. And y'all know Moses had to bring the people out of bondage. And when he brought them out of bondage, they come out. But then when they come out and they looked up, they saw the enemy. And this is what God was showing me, y'all, when they saw this enemy. Can you imagine you coming out of a situation and you're not, you know, worried about that enemy no more. But all of a sudden you look up and here comes that enemy. And fear came in. And this is what Moses told them. He said, fear not. Stand. He said, Stan- fear not. Stand still. Can you imagine your enemy coming at you? And somebody going to say, fear not, stand still. And he said, and see the salvation of the Lord. So Moses was encouraging them because Moses knew God. He knew God wasn't going to bring them out and wasn't going to save them. See, salvation means deliverance. It means healing. It means safety. So they were in the arms of God. So Moses said, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But this is what God told Moses. He said, Moses, why are you talking? Move forward. What's in your hand? See, this is, I'm getting somewhere. We're going somewhere with this teaching. God take the impossible, and he make it possible, but he need a vessel to do that. Because God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. See, God came down on earth. And walked as the son of God. But he used the virgin Mary for this birth to come forth. But notice now, even dealing with Mary, once he told Mary, I'm getting back to Moses. But once he told Mary, she said, how can this be? I have been with no man. And he said, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come in and overshadow you. See, God knew that it was possible. It's going to come in and overshadow you, and you shall conceive in your womb, Jesus. So we know that God was telling her that my word is not void of power. That's what God was saying. So Mary said, be it unto me, this is the catch, according to your word. This is where we miss it. We're trying to get something done outside of the word. Mary knew that it ain't going to be me that do this. I'm just going to believe what he's saying and receive it. See, we're trying to get stuff from God. But first of all, you got to believe what God's word is saying to you. You got to take yourself out of the equation and say, be it unto me, God, according to your word. Because there's nothing that I can do but act upon what you are saying. So Mary caught hold to that. That's how a miracle happened. We don't go and try to make something happen by doing something to help God. What we do is grab hold to the word. God was telling me, he said, and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, God. He said, everything in this Bible is truth. He said, you are sanctified and you are set apart by truth. He said, only thing you got to do is pull out you some truth and do it and know it's worked. That's simple. He said, it's right here. Pull it out, do it, and you should know it's going to work. He said, because my word is not void of power. My word is not going to go out without accomplishing what I have sent it to do. So who are you to ask me, is it working? Who are you to say it ain't working because in the natural, it don't look like it. See, we got to be like Jesus. Jesus knew God. He knew his creation. He knew how God created it because he was there when God created it. So when Jesus got hungry, y'all, have you ever been hungry? And have you ever saw something that you really wanted and you can picture it in the refrigerator, Tony? But when you go to the refrigerator, it is nothing in there. It was there last night, but it's gone the next morning. Don't you know you mad? You upset? So Jesus was hungry. He saw a fig tree from afar off. Fig tree got leaves. So he said, if that fig tree got leaves, it's going to have some figs. But when he got to the fig tree, it didn't have what it should have had. So Jesus said, no man shall eat of you from this day forward. So he cursed that fig tree. Now look. I don't know about you. If I had cursed it and spoke to it, I'd been like this right here. Die. I want to see you die. I ain't moving until you die. But what did Jesus do? Jesus went about his father's business because he knew that God's word is not void of power. He knew God will take the impossible and he'll make it possible because he believed God more than he believed in natural circumstances. So Jesus went about his business and the ones that was following him. Can you imagine his followers saying, he done gone crazy. He cursing the tree. That tree looked the same. They come back by past that tree and they say, "Master, the tree that you curse is dried up at the root." And the only thing Jesus could say is, "Have faith in God." He took something naturally that man couldn't do and he made it possible how did he do it by the word how do we think that things going to happen in our lives if we're not believing in the power of the word we go out and we say stuff but we ain't believing what we say you have what you say but you got to have faith in what you're saying So this is the problem with the church. We can talk a good game. You can have people full of the word. You can have people in and out the word. You can have people telling you this is what the word's saying. But if their life ain't lining up with the word, they don't believe the word. Because if I'm going to tell you something, I'm going to be like Moses. Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See, the words that you speak, you're supposed to see them spiritually. And then when you see them spiritually... You're going to see them take place naturally, and that's how you're going to live by what you believe, not by what you see in the natural. The natural, y'all, is temporary, but the unseen is eternal. So this is what we believe in it's the unseen faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not yet seen. Are you going to wait to see it to believe it, or are you going to say it's already done, and I don't have to see it in the natural to know that it's done in the supernatural? So when you start believing in the supernatural, you will begin to see natural. But if every day you check in to see if it's done, you don't believe it's done. You're supposed to go on about your business and know that it's done and don't need for nobody to tell you that it's done because you believe God. We wait on man to say, it's okay. We'll try this. That don't work. We'll try this. God ain't a hit and miss God. He don't hit and miss. When God said, he don't go back and say, well, if that don't work, we'll work on this. If that don't work, we'll work on this. He don't hit and miss. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's a God of peace. He's a God of order. He's not a God of confusion. He's not a God of doubt. He said, either you're going to believe me or you're not. So Mary said, according to your word, be it unto me, according to your word, not according to me, but I trust you more than I trust myself. So can you imagine? This is when Mary conceived. This is when she become pregnant, when she took God at his word. That's when the power of the Holy Ghost began to do a work. Can you imagine when you speak in God's word and you're going on about your business, the Holy Ghost is at work. The power of God is at work on the inside of you. God said, I'm tired of being shut up in a box. You're full of the power of God. But God said, you won't let me out because you don't trust me. You got the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He said, but you won't let that power out because you still trust in what man is telling you to do. You won't give me the opportunity to know that I am who I say I am. We go back to Moses. So God said, Moses, what's that Moses in your hand? He said, Moses, scratch out your arm. And when Moses began to do that, y'all, this is how I, I love this scene. Because once God gave Moses the order, it was up to Moses to do what God said. Either trust him or not. So you know that the angel of the Lord went before them. The cloud went before them. So when God gave Moses instructions, y'all this is so sweet. The angel went behind them. The cloud of God went behind them. So guess what? Power was backing them up. That angel was ready to deliver the word. Once Moses did it, The angel was back there because guess what they were doing? They were blocking the enemy. They were getting in position to say, all right, Moses, come on. Where's the rod in your hand? Lift up your hand, Moses. And when he lifted up his hand, there was a wall on the right and a wall on the left where the sea divided, and I could see myself just walking on dry land and going across, and the enemy couldn't touch me. Why? Because God's word has power. But Moses had to do it. He had to hear the Lord, and he had to do what God told him to do. So this is why the enemy don't want you to obey this word. This is why he don't want you to follow instructions in the word of God, because he know it works. So he want to bring you confusion to make you think, well, if you don't do like they say, this is going to happen. But what did God say? Are we going to believe what he says? or not so old Zacharias his mouth was shut until John was born he told him about his son but he couldn't talk to nobody he come out of that temple couldn't say nothing but the day it was time for John to be born and there was discussing what his name would be his mouth popped open, say his name shall be John you know why I think he was quiet darling he had to be in meditation for a season. Amen. He had to get that word down in him Amen. for a season. So when he opened his mouth, he began to speak what God was saying. And Elizabeth became pregnant. Okay, here come old Mary. Coming back. Big now. Hadn't been with Joseph. Can you imagine, men? You got a fiancé out there. She went to help her cousin, Elizabeth. And she come back pregnant. She telling me I ain't been with no man. Liar, liar. That's proof in the pudding. You done been with a man. You can say whatever you want. You big as a tick. And you telling me you ain't been with no man. That's the only thing Mary can say. But guess what? God ain't going to leave you hanging. Whatever God do, God got your back. You don't have to justify yourself to nobody. See, our problem as Christians, we have a debate. We keep telling people, yeah, 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 yeah. God said, just hush. Just hush. People going to see my glory. You don't have to do nothing. Just, just, just live the life that you're living according to me. You don't have to justify you saved. You don't have to justify you full of this or full of that. Come on, when you begin to do what my word tells you to do, they're going to see what you're full of. Like so y'all that. know what he did to Joseph. He told Joseph everything that needed to be told. So Joseph came into alignment with Mary. So I go back to this. There's Red Sea miracles. And they're already ours. But the reason why we're not seeing these Red Sea miracles, the reason why we're not seeing the impossible made possible is because we still believe in man can do it outside of God. The Bible says God will take the impossible and he'll make it possible he never said that man would do it but he'll operate through man and any man that think that it's him that's doing it god can't use that man because he's after the glory of god so as i got into the word of god god was saying he said i will make the impossible possible if you would believe that's in mark in the book of mark i think it's nine twenty-three. He said, I'll make the impossible possible, but you got to believe. Now, the question is, why is it so hard for us to believe this word? The reason why it's so hard is because whomever, whatever you spend more time with, that's what you're going to believe in the most. If you spend more time in man and what man is saying to you, that's who you're trusting to get done what needs to be done. But if you spend more time in this word and God tell you something, you ain't going to go back on what God is saying. See, Jesus demonstrated that when he came down to the earth, when God himself came down to the earth, he proved that he took the impossible and made it possible. How do I know this? Y'all know when people had leprosy, they didn't be supposed to be out in the crowd. Leprosy was not curable. You know what they did with a person with leprosy? They went outside the camp. For seven days, they had to be checked to make sure that they were clean. But when Jesus came on the scene and this leper saw Jesus, he said, if it is your will, you can heal me. Jesus said, I will be clean. This man was cleansed of leprosy. He said, now go show yourself to the priest. He was just showing them that he was cleansed. Look, he did something that man couldn't do. See, man was still checking them out. They had to go before man and man had to check them out. But when they stood before Jesus leprosy couldn't stand in the y'all something's wrong with the church that could not stand in the presence of God. It had to die because Jesus came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. The works of him is sin. Sickness is sin. It came through sin So anytime Jesus came in and he saw something that was outside of creation, Jesus knew this does not supposed to happen. So he used the word of God. What do we do? We go to other alternatives instead of going to the word and saying, God, wait a minute, this is what your word says. So I'm going to honor your word. And if I honor your word, I'm honoring you. I remember, um, and I'm going to tell it like Granddaddy was telling me, Y'all know Judge Faison, right? Judge Faison, he's a miracle baby. My granddaddy was in the parking lot, and he saw this man, and that was his dad. And he went to his dad, and he asked him. They were having conversation. He said, you have children? He said, no, the doctor said we can't have children. And granddaddy said, can I come to your, your home? Granddaddy went to his home. He began to minister to his wife. And Granddaddy said he laid hands on the wife. And Granddaddy began to speak in that heavenly language while he was laying hands on that wife. And he told her, she will have a child. Now remember, the doctor said she will not have a child. So she went to the doctor, the same doctor that told her she wouldn't have a child. And she was pregnant with Judge Facing. Do y'all see him everywhere? That's a miracle. Because that was outside of what man said. But granddaddy knew what God said. And he was in the right place at the right time. But he had to receive what God had said. See, our problem is when man say it can't be done, we go on what man say can't be done. But you got to remember, God said, I'm not man, I'm God. He said, I'm a God that don't lie. I'm a God that don't change my mind. If I come to you and I tell you something, he said, you're supposed to fear not and stand still and see.'" the salvation of the lord do y'all remember Jairus his daughter was dead well he come to Jesus when the woman with the issue of blood he was going to Jesus. He said, come to my house. My daughter's at the point of death. Jesus said, okay, I'll go with you. But all of a sudden, here come that woman with the issue of blood. Can you imagine if you going through brother Greg and you got Jesus and he come to your house and somebody come in and, and, and just take Jesus away from you? Can you imagine y'all? Come on. He was coming to my house. Miss Mary, what you messing with him for? I got him coming to my house. Don't be messing him up. Well, I get an attitude. What about y'all? I'll get an attitude say, look at him. You go on with your issue. When he threw with mine, then he can deal with yours. But my daughter about dead, and you telling him, you holding on to him, you going to stop this process? Some of you church folks like that right now. But I want y'all to know it's enough for him to go around. So Jesus went to, headed to Jairus' house, and they said, it's no point of bothering the master no more your daughter is dead when jesus heard that word he said fear not believe only and your daughter shall be made whole so he took jesus at his word and y'all know the end of it she was made whole and guess what not only was she made whole the woman with the issue of blood was made whole, and the Bible said that she spent everything that she had on physicians. She had no more money to go to nobody. So she heard about Jesus, and she knew that he could take the impossible, and he could make it possible if she would just grab hold to the word of God. So I want to ask you this morning, what have you grabbed hold to lately? Have you grabbed hold to this word to the point of that when they tell you, oh, no, we, we can't help you. Oh, all God's promises in him is yes, and in him is amen. So I beg you to differ. Yes, you can. Well, ma'am, I'm telling you, we can't help you. Oh, yes, you can. Go look again. We done did it one time. We ain't do Go look again. Well, something's changed. No, the change was already there. But God wanted you to see what I was seeing. God wants you to know that he's God. See, God, he's going to be glorified even in the midst, y'all, of situations. When it don't look right. And I'll give you a testimony. Um, my daddy was driving my car. I had this little go, Y'all, them Ugo's was the ugliest cars. Let me tell you what disobedience to do for you. I had a Chevette and I had it all fixed up with my little rims and my grandfather, thank God for my grandfather. Y'all, I was going to school and I was working and I was working to pay off my Chevette and I was paying so much a week. So it got so discouraging because I said, if I don't continue to work, I can't have a car to drive to school. So one day I got some mail, some uh, a letter in the mail and I didn't know what it was. So I asked my granddaddy, I said, granddaddy, I said, what is this? He says, your title to your car. I said, title to a car? What's the title to a car? Y'all, I didn't know all that. And he said, this is saying this man signed this car over to you, meaning that the car belonged to you. You don't have to make no more payments for real. Okay. This is what granddaddy told me. He said, don't you give, he said, don't you get rid of this car. He said, you keep this car. That was his words. You got a car that's paid for because y'all, I was going through, I was in school trying to go to college. I was at home with grandmama and granddaddy doing stuff in the, I mean, y'all, it was just like, everything was just turning upside down. And I was like, I got to continue to work. So look, a way was made for me. So granddaddy said, don't get rid of the car. So I'm like, okay, granddaddy. So I was dating this man. I'm going to tell you a little about his testimony and he wanted a car and granddaddy told him he said you can get a car he said how am I gonna get a car nobody gonna give me a car he said I'm gonna go get me a used car he said no you can get a new car and my husband well boyfriend then he looked at me to my world, I'm gonna get a new car nobody don't want to give me no credit granddaddy said uh-uh you can get a new car he said I'm gonna give you a handkerchief didn't he give you a handkerchief and he said you're gonna get you a new car he said do you believe you can get you a new car and he said well if you said it yeah I believe I can get me a new car he went into Fairway Ford, y'all, where he was working, and he was washing cars at Fairway Ford, not making that much money. Y'all remember them white uh, Ford GT escorts that come out? He wanted one of them. This man went up in there like Granddaddy told him to do. This is funny. He had an uncle that was drinking all the time. This is funny now. He took his uncle up in there to cosign for him, right? He made more than his uncle. Y'all listen to what I'm saying. He made more than his uncle. So he took his uncle in there and they asked him, is he drunk? (laughs) Right? He left out of there with a car. God took the impossible, what man couldn't do, and he made it possible. So he riding around and asked, I'm going to y'all check this out. I just got my little Chevette paid off. He got a brand new car. Don't y'all know jealousy rolls up? I said, oh, no. He get a new one. He said he get one. I get one. (laughs) So I'm going out there on my own after Granddaddy told me, don't get rid of the car. I get this little ugly, you go. Ugly, you go. But I was proud because it was new. So I didn't listen to Granddaddy. I remember daddy used to drive my car to work y'all put five dollars in it daddy would ride all week daddy loved that little you go for his gas purposes right so one day I'm in the bed and daddy called me he said man yeah daddy I totally lost your car he thought I was gonna get upset I don't worry about no you go I said, you okay? He said, yeah. Well, if it's gone, it's gone. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I'm saying. It's gone now. Because I went to trade it in, and the people in the car, lot, y'all, they laughed at me. I had the car for about four years, 26,000 miles. He said, what you been doing, driving the car backwards? Could not get rid of the car. Daddy had an accident. This is what Daddy told me, y'all. This is the funny part. Daddy said, Taff and Taff said they can get you another you go. I said they can keep it. I said, you tell them they can keep their yugo. I'm wanting another you go, and I'm not driving another you Daddy said, well, if you don't get it, you ain't gonna have a car. I said, Mm-mm. So, anyway, this is what I did, y'all. I said, I refuse. See, I went through through disobedience. I'm telling y'all. Remember, God will take the impossible. He'll make it possible if you believe. Y'all, I went all over Wilmington trying to find me a vehicle because I refused to Hugo. go so I the last stop I went to this is funny I went in there and the man told me it was a Corolla and it had 68,000 miles on it the man said I'll let you have it because I see you've been all over Wilmington y'all they had checked my credit <laughs> everywhere I went they had a whole report on me <laughs> and the man told me every stop I went to and I'm like mmm I said well I told him I said well I'm gonna take it and he said no, no 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 don't don't do that just talk to your daddy first right so I told the man to hold a little check y'all let me tell you something God is so good I got in that car with him and I never forget this he was so sweet y'all he told me we were dating then he said well you can drive my car I looked at him I was already mad I said how am I gonna drive your car and you hauling your mom around in it all the time I'm just being real. Now I'm real with y'all. That's what I said. He was being nice, but I'm like, how hey, am I going to get a ride in this? So anyway, I humbled myself, y'all. God, hear your moans deep on the inside. And this is what I said. I said, God, I humble myself. And whatever you want me to have, I'll take it. God, you do what you want to do for me. I humbled myself. After I did that prayer, my sister called me. She said, "Where are you at? I've been trying to get up with you." I said, "I'm on my way home." She said, "Danny Graham from Tallbird called you, and he want to talk with you." Y'all, I went to Tallbird. Two new calls, brand new. He said, "Pick which one you want." Impossible. Will be made possible. Y'all remember they check my credit. They said I can't do nothing for you. You done been all over Wilmington. But because I humbled myself with God. And I turned to God more than I was turning to myself. God took and changed man's heart. And took what was impossible. And made it possible. Because Tallbird told me they couldn't work with me. I went to the new lot. What am I telling you? God has a way of doing things that man cannot do and until we take our eyes off man and put our eyes on what god said we're gonna miss out on what god wants us to do i'm gonna leave this with you god was showing me this y'all in the book of jeremiah god will take you all over the bible and he'll show you stuff in the book of jeremiah i think it's jeremiah 32 jeremiah was in prison And he was in prison because he was proclaiming the word of God. How many know that when you proclaim truth, everything is going to come out and hit you? Everybody is going to hate you because of what you're saying. So Jeremiah proclaimed truth, and he told them that they're going to be put in captivity. They were going to be with Nebuchadnezzar. They were going to be in Babylon, and he told them this is what God is saying, and God is saying this because you're not being obedient unto God. So when Jeremiah said this, they put him in prison. Now, while Jeremiah was in prison, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Now, I want to stop right there with the word of the Lord coming to Jeremiah. This is the key, y'all. You have to believe God. You have to take him at his word. And you have to do what God is saying. Now, when Jeremiah heard the word from the Lord, the Lord told Jeremiah, he said, your cousin is going to come visit you. And your cousin wants you to buy land from him because you have the right to that land because of the inheritance. He had the right to that land. So God gave Jeremiah a word. Who did God speak with? Jeremiah. Who was Jeremiah? Jeremiah was a prophet. So anybody that want to be a prophet, you're going to have to be before the face of God. You're going to have to be in the word of God to hear what God is saying. There's too many people prophesying and ain't in this Bible that don't know what the word is saying, but they're calling themselves a prophet and they live in any kind of way and can't see the forest from the trees. So Jeremiah heard from God. So the thing is, you got to be able to hear God's voice, y'all. You got to be able to recognize his voice. In John 10, it says, my sheep. Not only hear my voice, but by hearing my voice, they follow me because they know my voice. You can hear a voice, but if you don't know God's voice, you will follow the wrong voice. So he said, my sheep, when when a shepherd come into the sheepfold, he have a certain call for his sheep. Now, this is a true story, y'all. It was a man over there in England, and he went into the sheepfold, and he took the shepherd's sheep by force. He was taking them out. But the shepherd didn't have to do anything by force to get them. He had a distinct call for those sheep. So when that shepherd saw those sheep wandering off, he did that call for those sheep, and the sheep went right back. So what am I telling you? If you don't know God's voice then you're not going to be able to do what God is telling you to do. You got to be able not only to hear it, but know that this is God. He said, my sheep know my voice. They hear it, they know it, so they're going to follow me. And a stranger's voice, they shall not follow. So even though the devil may put you out there, when you hear the father's voice, you're going to turn away from sin and you hear it through his word. You got to be able to hear through the word of God. God is always speaking through his word. Don't say, who's that talking? You should know the word for yourself. Some people say, God, is that you? Is that the devil? Because you know the devil twists twist the word. If you spent so much time with God, it wouldn't be just twisting and turning. You would say, yes, Lord, I hear you, just like Samuel. And the Bible says not one of God's words fell to the ground that come from Samuel's mouth because he knew God." he spent time with God if we don't spend time with God we're not going to know who's talking and we're going to always call somebody with prophet in front of their name and say them Let me ask you something I heard this is that God that means you don't have a relationship with God the way you need to so you got to be able to hear his voice Jeremiah heard his voice to give you another one in the book of um first Kings I think it's the 19th chapter dealing with Elijah Elijah was running from Jezebel y'all know this prophet he was running from Jezebel and look as he was running from Jezebel he was going to die he just wanted to die but God sent an angel the Lord gave him food and after he gave him the food y'all he was ready but then God brought a word to Elijah and he said Elijah what's going on Elijah oh here we are let's just play Elijah well you know they done killed all the prophets I'm the last one left just let me die ain't that what we do Mm -hmm. just let me die so god was telling him what to do he was at the mount of god he was in a place y'all where he could hear god so next thing that god told that happened it says that there was a wind that came by god was not in the wind there was fire there was earthquake he was not in those things Sometimes we look for manifestations to say god is here but see it was a word that came from the lord i look at the word of god God will send you a word through his word but then when you told Elijah what to do Elijah was obedient and then the voice of the Lord came it was a small still voice and he began to speak to Elijah and that's when he began to tell Elijah you ain't the only one left so that's what kept Elijah going because he took God at his word did he go through some stuff y'all Elijah went through some stuff do we go through some stuff yes we go through some stuff but when we grab hold to the word of God and we take God at his word and God said I change not the same thing I told you yesterday is going to be the same thing for today it's going to be the same thing for tomorrow I'm not changing he said am I not God and not man he said I'm not going to lie to you if I spoke it I'm going to do it he's going to make it good he said because I am God and I'm not going to lie to you he said, My covenant, I'm not gonna break nor alter the things that have went from my lip. His word ain't coming back to him void because he would be made a liar. So that's what God was talking about, even dealing with Elijah. So see how important it is for you to know you're hearing God. Some of us wanna hear God when tragedy comes. God speak me, God speak me. You're too anxious, you don't even know his voice when he's gonna speak. Because you ain't spending time with him. You want somebody to tell you, oh, you're going to be all right. You need to know you're going to be all right for yourself. So going back to Jeremiah, Jeremiah got a word from the Lord, and God told him, he said, your cousin is coming. He's going to offer the land to you. Guess what? The way God told him, that's the way it happened. Next thing I'm going to tell you, you got to hear God for yourself. Second thing, God is not going to let anything come upon you unaware. He's not going to let nobody fool you because you belong to him. So the word that he gave um, Jeremiah, it was, conf- it was confirmed. His cousin came, and he said, I knew that was a word from the Lord. Now, this is the kicker, y'all, impossible made possible. So God told Jeremiah, I want you to buy this land. Y'all check this out. Why in the world, darling? Would he want to buy land, shut up in prison? What are you going to do with it? Anybody? God is telling him to buy land while he's in prison. That ain't the only thing. And the land God is telling him to buy, the enemy already have it. Who would buy that land? A person that believed God. So he shut up in prison. He can't go out and live on the land because the enemy got the land. But God said, this is what I want you to do, Jeremiah. I want you to buy that land. So Jeremiah, he bought the land, knowing the situation. But Jeremiah trusted God more than he trusted the natural because he knew if God said it, he got a reason for doing what he done. So what do we do when God tell us to do stuff that's just out of the ordinary? Oh, that ain't God. There ain't nothing but the devil. I want you to give that $20. That's all I got. He take the impossible. He take all you got. And he make it much, but if you don't give him all you got, you can't see possible. Where are we missing it? Yeah, Well, that's my lunch money. God don't want me to faint. We come out with all these excuses. And check this out. He knew you had the 20. The devil saw that 22. We, we debate, we go back and forth. I'd be a fool. So you obey God. You get a 20. Monday morning come. You ain't got no gas. You just got barely enough gas to get to the gas tank, but you gave your $20 away. So if you get to the gas tank, come on, Julie, you ain't got no money to put in the gas tank. So God said, I want you to get up. I want you to go to the same gas station you go to, and you always get gas. And I want you to begin pumping gas. Jesus. There ain't nothing but the devil. He want me to be made a fool of, a Apostle, right there at the gate. No, he want me to go to prison like Jeremiah. That's what it is. Apostle just told me about Jeremiah, and I'm just doing it because she said, I'm going to get locked. But you know what? I'm going to do it. So you go going to do it. you pumping gas. God said, I want you to fill it up. Oh, oh, no. I may can do five to get me where I'm going, evangelist. But he's telling me to fill it up, snip. Oh, no, I ain't filling it up. You get that unction, I'm going to fill it up. You fill it up, and it takes you the longest (laughs) to shed that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) To pull that leave out, you like this. Lord, I don't see nobody, nothing. And I got to pull up there and give them cash, and I ain't got no cash. But, God, this is what you said. Fill it up. Shut the tank. Go up there. The lady, you looking at the lady? She looking at you. And you like to Jesus. And the lady say, "Yours already been paid for. <laughs> now you ready to holler, Jesus?" before you done it so that's your first test man you got through that y'all because you listen to God did he make the impossible possible because you believe God more than you believe your pocketbook it started with you giving something that you know that's all you had so how are you going to see the hands of God being stingy two fish Five loaves of bread. Jesus acknowledged. Yeah, we got two fish. We got five loaves of bread naturally. He said, but I got a supernatural. God that's going to put some supernatural on this natural. How's he going to do it? Because I'm taking my natural and I'm lifting it up to supernatural. And I'm saying, thank you, God, for this natural that's going to become supernatural. For the ones that's in need. And then he broke it. He gave it to his disciples. He said, I give it to the people. And it was more than enough. You got to hear God for yourself. What do we do after we done what God tell us to do? How many know once you do it, doubt come in? Come on, let's be honest. Doubt come in, fear come in, everything just come in like a whirlwind this is what happened to jeremiah after jeremiah done everything that god told him to do jeremiah began to go into prayer and he began to talk to god and he began to tell god he said god there is nothing too hard for you because you are god and he began to talk about the parting of the red sea he began to talk about egypt he began to talk about the things that would lift god up and exalt god after he done that, go to Jeremiah 32. After he said what he said and did that, this is what God said in verse 26. Then came the word of the Lord into Jeremiah saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, Jeremiah just said over there in verse 17, Our Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and scratched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. God came right back and repeated the word that Jeremiah said, letting him know, this is what I'm going to do with that land. Why? Because Jeremiah began to seek God. God said, if you call on me, he said, I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. Let me tell you what calling on God means. It means stripping yourself of you. It means getting your way of doing out the way. It means God, I can do nothing without you, but I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. So, God, I'm getting me out of the equation. I'm getting my plans, everything I want to do out of the equation. And I'm standing before you, God, and I'm calling on you because you said if I call on you, you're my answer. So, God, I expect an answer for you because you are God that answers. And I know you're going to answer me. You're not going to let nothing come upon me unaware. I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do, though it don't look right. Right? God, you said it, and I'm going to do it, and you're going to get the glory from it. So, God, here I am. God, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. See, you can believe and still have unbelief. So, this is what I'm saying to you today. Whatever's impossible with man is possible with God. And I want to tell you something. God told me this when I got to that Red Sea miracle. God said there's miracles in the making. He said there's miracles in the making and you're going to get the report to confirm it. There is miracles in the making and you're going to get the report to confirm it. We got a miracle, Miss Rico Evans. Sitting right there in that seat. I'll never forget. Hallelujah. That day with Rico. Got a call and they calling all the family in. Dealing with Rico. When I got the call. You know what God showed me? And I told sister Denise, I don't believe that. I see Rico sitting on the edge of the bed fine. I don't receive that. No. Rico already the healed of the Lord. I didn't even need to go down there to know that Rico was healed because I know she was already the healed of the Lord because I know what God gave me. So when the enemy come and try to take what God gave me, I said, that is a lie. Rise up, Rico Evans, and walk in the name of Jesus. And the Lord gave me a scripture that said, baby, when you go through the fire, you won't get burnt. When the water come in and try to overtake you, it won't even overtake you because I am the Lord. See, he'll give you a word to back it up. That's why you got to be in the word. So when things come, you can hear the word from the Lord. Quit letting people tell you something they're not sure of for themselves. We always telling people stuff because ain't nothing going on in our lives. It's easy, apostle, to tell you you're going to make it. You're going to succeed. But when something land in my house. I forget what I told her about her house. So that's why I got to stay in the word. So when I'm saying what I'm saying, I got to know what I'm saying. Because when things come, I got to say, no, 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 no. This ain't what I said, God. This is what you said. Now I'm decreeing what you said. It ain't about me. It's about what you said. Ain't about how I feel. I'm hurt, God. But that ain't what you told me. Uh Uh-uh. That ain't what you said. I ain't going on that. I got to go on this. And sometimes, even in your downtime, the enemy fights you with everything he got. You ain't gonna make it. You ain't gonna succeed. Nobody don't wanna be around you. You might as well give up because you ain't gonna have nothing. That's when you need to rise up and say, Devil, you are a liar. You're the father of all lies. You was a liar from the beginning and I don't receive that because that's lies. The only thing I'm receiving is the truth. I am who God says that I am. I have what God says that I have and I can do what God says that I can do because I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus and I'm fearing thou not. I'm standing still and I shall see the salvation of the Lord and let me tell you what I see. I see you in hell right by yourself because it wasn't made for me it was made for you and your little angels we have to declare the word if you ain't declaring the word you already accepting defeat and God said you're not victims you're victorious he already defeated the enemy y'all and he want us to stand on what he done guess what we didn't do it he done it He says, so stand on what I've done. I'm not asking you to defeat somebody that's already defeated. I'm asking you to stand on what I've done. So God says, today is a day of miracles. Today is a day of miracles. God said what man say couldn't be done. God said it's done now. It's done on today. How do I know it's done? Because his word told me it was done, y'all. His word just told me all those scriptures that we just got told me that God said it's done. So who am I going to believe? Who are you going to believe? He just gave you the word. Come on, he gave you the virgin birth. He gave you Zacharias and Elizabeth. He gave you Abraham and Sarah. He gave you the Red Sea miracle. He gave you the man that had leprosy. What else did he give you? He gave you your miracle. He done gave it to you. He said, the only thing I want you to do is believe it and receive it. And when you believe it, the Holy Ghost is going to come in. He's going to overshadow you. And then you're going to conceive that miracle. So I speak right now in the midst of this room. Whatever is going on in this room. God said it's impossible with man. But I have made it possible with me. And God said today it is done. And I'm going to tell you what he's going to do today. He's setting up a Red Sea miracle. And this aisle that's coming right here. Give me some music. If you believe what the word says today. Today is your day of Red Sea Miracle. Whatever is going on in your life, that that you've seen, you shall not see no more. Because God said, I'm setting it up right in the midst of you. He said, because I am God. I want to tell you this before we go into this. Me and my husband went um, to um, Holland Shelter to eat. And you know how sometimes you get to the point... Well, I don't know if I want to go there. Maybe we need to go here. And you get wavery to change your mind. But it was just like, no, we need to go. So we went, and as we were sitting there, this woman passed by the table, and she told my husband, you got my plate. Nice, friendly lady. So we come outside, and we were sitting down, and as we were sitting down, we are just talking about Jesus. And as we were talking about Jesus, they come out. And what did the lady say about flesh? She heard us talking about spirit and the flesh. <laughs> She's all right now, we're having some church out here. So we began to talk, and as we began to talk, I'm going to tell you something. God began to move, and he began to minister to her mother, and the mother began to have tears in her eyes, and the daughter looking at the mother, that's you, mama. That's you she's talking to, mama. That's you. That, that, that's, oh, that's you. That's you, mama. So as she began to tell us her story, the daughter began to show us. She said, you see that man walking right there?